Hi, and welcome to another episode of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez, and it's been a wonderful weekend so far, everybody, and so I hope you're all having a good time. I hope you're enjoying life, and uh, so there are just a few things I wanted to talk about um, today um, that I noticed over the past week that I just wanted to share with people. Um, so one... I know my job, um, I had this realization uh, over the past week uh, that, you know, I love my job. I love where I work. I love what I'm doing. My coworkers are great. Um, but there's something uh, that I realized uh, that is different from my time in the military, right? Uh, now I go to work and I do my job and and that's it, you know, it's, and it's awesome. Right. And so what I realized is now that I'm out, I can go to work, do my job, get paid, go home and enjoy life. And that's it. I don't, I don't have to do anything else. Right. Uh, my employer pays me to do a job. That's it. And this, this crazy nonsense where like in the military, um, you know, you leaders would always talk to you and ask you, how are you doing? Right. And it's not so much that they really cared how you were actually doing. They just wanted to know, were you well enough to do the job? Could you deploy? Could you go run an airborne operation? Could you go to the range? That's all they cared about. Right. And so in the military, we use, they use the term a lot, the whole false motivation, huh? Well, for leaders, that was just, False caring. And I had this discussion with Drew a, a little while back about, um, you know, leaders and leadership styles. And, you know, if a good leader in the military, they would ask you, how are you doing? And it's like, but the reality is, is that there really wasn't very many good leaders in the military because how genuine were they? They weren't. Again, the military, it's made, uh, it's a war machine, it's made to win wars. And that's it. That's it. That's the only reason why the military is there. And leaders have to make sure that their troops are, are good to go for deployment. And if you think I'm crazy, if you think I'm full of it, then by all means, that's your opinion. And, and you might be right, because this is just my opinion. And I'm not trying to force my police, my values, or my opinions on anybody. But if you want to see if somebody was a good leader, stop and ask yourself, after your leader left that unit, how many times did they, they call you uh, on your off time just to see how you were doing? Did you ever hear from them again? Did they ever send you an email, a text message, a sing, singing telegram? Did they uh, have a aircraft, a, a plane flying over your house with a banner on it to let you know? Was there, you know... The people who do the, the in the planes and they do the the sky riding, or did they do any of that? And I'm going to bet the answer is nine times out of ten, no. So they weren't good leaders; they were just leaders. Okay, and we have to make that distinction when we get out. Okay, um, because what I found is that uh, you know I was used to just having just nonsense chit chat with people. While I was in the military, right? And uh, so when was it? Last week, I, I found out that uh, 
then my daughter qualifies for chapter 35. So she'll get um, 36 months of that, right? My children, all my children do, right? They get 36 months of chapter 35. So that's more money for education or vocational training, uh, college, whatever they want, right? And so I was excited. So I shared that information with my uh, coworker and she was doing her job and, and uh, she stopped and she looked at me like, and basically the look on her face was, she politely said without saying anything, her nonverbal communication was saying, are, are you stupid? Like you're stopping me. Like, I don't care. I don't care. That's your own personal business and keep that to yourself. And that's perfectly fine because we're paid to do a job. We're not friends. We're not BFFs. We're not homies. We're not pals. We're not bros. Right. We, we're coworkers and that's it. She does her work and I do my work. If she needs assistance, then she can go to the boss and ask the boss, hey, I need assistance. And then he could come to me and say, hey, can you help her out? But her coming to me and asking for help? No, because I have my own work and I, I don't have time to help her. And that's perfectly fine. And we have to understand that, right? Go to work. Get paid. Go to work. Do your job. Get paid. Go home. Enjoy life. And that's it. That's It's as simple as that. And... So it takes work, right, to get out of that mentality. Uh, I was talking to a young man who was still in, and we were, we were talking about how he went to this conference uh, to people who uh, have been out, and they were asking him if he they, – they gave him a test, and the test revealed that he doesn't really care too much about, like, how people are doing. And he his argument was, well, yes, he does. He, he does care, care how they're doing. And so they had to explain it to him. It's like, well, do you – actually generally care or do you care because you want to make sure they would do their job and deploy and he realized that yeah that's all he cared about was if they could deploy and we need to understand that there are people out there in this world who actually generally care how you're doing how your family is doing they actually want to take interest in that they have an interest in that it's foreign to us because we don't care we don't we care about what's in front of us how how can i um, get the job done Right. And it's OK to have that mentality when you're when you're in the military. But when when you get out, it's still OK to have that mentality. You just have to understand that the rest of the crap you can leave back in the military. You don't have to ask any anybody anymore how they're doing. You say good morning. And, that, and then that's about it. And then when you leave, you say, hey, good night. And that's it. And that's perfectly fine. And, you know, uh, last Last week, we had like this little seminar, three-day seminar from all the people that I work with uh, throughout the country. There, there were, what, about 10 of us, right? And so we go in and we sit down. I, I thought it was funny. It's like, wow, this is just like high school again, right? Because I had, uh, what, one, two, three, three PhDs uh, there. And then there were five former SF personnel that were there. And then me, right? And so the PhD people sat on the left side of the room. The SF guys sat over on the right-hand side of the room. And I just didn't really care where I sat. I just sat down. Each day I had a different seat, right? But the PhDs and the SF guys, every day they had the same seats, right? Because they were still in their cliques. And I thought that was funny because, you know, the older we get, we still hold on to some some of that nonsense from childhood and the military, right? It's like, well, I belong here. This is my clique. This is my group. 
And the SF guys were, well, we're still SF. And, okay, sure. If that's how you want to identify yourself, sure, go ahead. Sit over there by yourself. Um, again, I've always been the black sheep. I've always been the oddball, right? And just sell wherever because I, I really don't care. And we were talking about um, different things about culture and theories and blah, 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 whatever, right? It's just stuff about work. And uh, I brought up this one example about when I was, uh, again, down in Guyana, out in the rainforest, right? And we had to go down and we had to check on these uh, this medical group that was out there doing uh, some work. Uh, they were military personnel, American military, and they were out there. And the embassy asked us to go check on them. So we did. And when we get there, they have no food, no water, they have no shelter, and they have no money, Right. So we find them places to stay and we had our food, right? We had arranged to have a cook come in and make us food. So once it was ready, we said, hey, you know, you guys can come eat with us because we don't want you guys to starve, right? So not like they were going to starve in, you know, 48 hours, but we brought them over. Well, there was this Air Force colonel and uh, this guy, this is, this tells you just how stupid people are in the military, right? This guy's in the middle of nowhere with no food, no water, no shelter, and no money. And he wants to stand there and look at me in the face and say, well, you know, in the Air Force, officers eat first. And uh, the SF gentleman that I was with, the Sergeant First Class, uh, I could see his face and he was about to explode and he was going to punch that. Colonel, right in the face. Hey, full board colonel, no six, right? But this is what you need to understand. When you're in the middle of nowhere, when you're out in the rainforest and you have nothing, uh, nobody cares about your rank. Because uh, the people of Guyana did not care. And I'm sure as hell didn't care at the time. And so we just had to let them know that, you know, yeah, I, I get it. You're a colonel, but, you know, and you're in the Air Force and that's how the Air Force does it. But in the Army, you know, we don't go out to places without planning. We're not stupid enough to go out to a place <laughs> without food and water. Oh, and by the way, we let our um, junior personnel eat first. And he was upset by that. And so, we, of course, we uh, offered him the opportunity um, to leave. Uh, he could just get out. Um, and, of course, he did not. So I bring this up because uh, the SF gentleman that I was working with uh, proceeded to tell me that, you know, I should keep an open mind and, you know, I – you never know, you might need that guy's help. And so, you know, you might want to like just change how you word things and understand what where he's coming from and let him eat first. And, and this is what, what I'm talking about, where you just have to like change your mentality when you get out of the army. You have to let all that crap go because this was 12 years ago, all right? This is 2023 now, right? This happened in 2010. So almost 12 and a half years ago, right? And they're... They're telling me, they're criticizing me on what I did 12 and a half years ago, trying to tell me, hey, I, I, I don't know. I guess he wanted me to build a time machine and go back in time and, and redo it. I, I'm, I'm really not sure what he was trying to get out of that. And so you got to understand a lot of those, the guys, they were um, retired command sergeant majors and lieutenant colonels, right? And they obviously haven't let go of their rank. They haven't. And that's perfectly fine. Um, and he, this guy was a retired command sergeant major. And uh, like, screw you, dude. Like, who are you? Like, go pound sand, leave, go, go wander off into the woods and 
go find somebody who's going to listen to you because it's not going to be me. And I had to explain to him politely. It's like, look, I understand where you're coming from, but you need to understand that I never needed your help before. I don't need it now. And I never will. And it's okay to let people know that uh, because we're not in the military, right? We, so we don't have to deal with stupidity anymore. We don't. And it's okay. We need to understand that. Like when just go to work, do your job, get paid, go home and enjoy life. And now that I taken on that mentality, now I have time to do things for myself, right? Like those guys, they're hopeless. They're, they're, that's who they are. That, and that's who they'll be forever. Um, you know, I'm looking for another job. Why? I like my job. But I, I, I don't want to be associated with the military anymore. I want to do something else, right? Just like when I was in East LA, I, I wanted to try something else. I had to get away from that. And yeah, yes, it's scary doing something different. But if I didn't try something different, I would still be in East Los Angeles, probably working at, I don't know, a Best Buy or a Walmart or something. I, I don't know. And so I tried the military and that worked out. And so now it's time to move on. It's time to do something else. Is it scary? A little bit, but not that much. It's not that scary. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to move on, do something else. I want to go work in the medical field. I don't want to treat patients because uh, that's not what I want to do. I just want to work on the administration side. And so I'm looking for a job I'm doing that. And so the other thing I wanted to talk about is, uh, you know, I make no, I, I don't try to hide that, you know, uh, you know, I'm still dealing with anxiety and PTSD and, you know, I have my good days. I have my bad days. Right. And I'm not going to sit here and say that, uh, what I do is perfect because it's not, it isn't, you know, I'm just doing the best I can, but I have a lot more days that are, are good than I do that are bad. And part of that is, um, you know, you have to put in the work, you have to put in the time to, to try to be happy, to try to change. If what you're doing makes you miserable, then why don't you try something else, anything else, and see how that works for you. And so for me, right, um, after we had that discussion with the, in the seminar, right, I was sitting there and um, – for those of you in the military, you know that uh, before you deploy, they make you take your, they call it a hero picture, but it's really your death picture, right? And uh, that's a picture that they'll release out to the press if, if the press requests it, um, if you happen to pass on while you're deployed, right? And so everybody always looks, you know, stern, right? Because they want to look hard. They want to look like they're a hero. Um, the last few that I took, I started smiling and had crazy smiles, right? It looked like the Joker. I looked insane, <laughs> And uh, I started realizing that when I would make those exaggerated smiles that I actually felt pretty good, pretty happy. Um, so now when I get upset, um, I do that. I had this crazy exaggerated smile and I, I, I looked like uh, I'm out of my mind. Right. And so I'm sitting there in this uh, seminar with this crazy giant smile on my face. And I'm like, what, what's wrong with you? It's like, well, I'm just a little tense, a little stressed right now. So I'm smiling so I can get out of that out of that mood. And for me, it works, right? And even on the days when I'm really upset, uh, for whatever reason, if I just sit there and I smile with that crazy joker smile, 
you know, after five, 10 minutes, you can't help but laugh because you stop and realize I'm sitting in an office with this insane smile and life must be pretty good if um, I have the time to sit in an office in a comfortable chair and just smile. Like I'm not out breaking rocks. I'm not working in the fields. I'm not, you know, picking oranges or strawberries or digging ditches. I'm not doing anything physically demanding. And so I guess it's all perspective on how, how you view things. Right. Uh, So this was the first year that we have to pay taxes. Right. And my wife was complaining about it. It's like, I, I don't know how to explain to her. It's like, I don't know how many people are sitting here, uh, with their house, just about paid, paying for their daughter to go to college while paying to go to, uh, to work on a PhD, considering purchasing a condo out in Waikiki is a vacation uh, condo. And we're going to complain about paying taxes. It's like big deal. We're, we've worked very hard um, to get to the point where we are now. And if we have to pay a little bit more in taxes, no, I'm not excited about it, but we'll pay taxes. This mentality of, hey, well, let's like just – quit work so then we don't have to pay taxes. So we're going to give up like a third of our income just so we don't have to pay taxes. It's like that is ghetto thinking. That is the thinking that will keep you uh, in your place for the rest of your life. You will never advance. You will never move forward. I A lot of the people I know from East Los Angeles um, still think that way. It's like, you know, they, were, they would get all excited because they – you know, received $8,000 in a refund, tax refund. And then two months from now, from that date, they would be broke again. Uh, and asking people, hey, man, can you loan me some money so I can pay my rent? We don't live that way. And I'm very happy that we don't live that way. And so it's all a matter of perspective, right? I know there are a lot of people right now who are out there a little bit, uh, little strap for funds for money. Right. And I know these, the prices of eggs are going up. I just had some gentlemen uh, in the grocery store try to convince me that uh, we should protest. We should riot because the price for 18 extra large, large eggs was $7. And he thought that was absurd. I was like, I have, I don't know what the price of eggs was before. I don't know what the price of eggs is. If he hadn't told me, I, I still wouldn't know. And guess what? I really don't care. Um, because if I have money to go buy a Starbucks every day, um, then I think I can afford the extra few dollars for 18 eggs. And if I can't, then I need to re- reevaluate my life. And I bring all this up because it's just, it's just our perspective and how we view things. How serious are things? They're not that serious. Um, most cases, they're not. Especially things that work. Um, I'm telling you about how my new philosophy is go to work, get paid, go to work, do your job, get paid, go home and enjoy life. That's it. Right. Those five things. And the reason for that is because I know there are a lot of people out there who are, who are in the military, who are in the military and you've spent countless hours, days, weeks of your lives having stupid arguments over things that just don't matter. 
I've seen people argue over politics. I've seen people argue over just how an airborne operation is going to be run, you know, who's going to be in charge and, and things that just don't matter. They just don't matter. Right. But it's ingrained in you that you have to win. Right. So you get stressed out, you start arguing and, once you retire, once you leave the military, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't. Um, you know, my coworkers are bringing up that some of our other coworkers don't get paid as much as we do, and you know, but they have to pay as much for for healthcare. And yeah, I, I listened in. And it's like, yeah, that's that sucks. But guess what? It's not my problem. I'm not going to go on strike because their life choices and that's where they are. They don't have to work there. They can go find another job. It's not like they're going to be put in jail. If they just, if they just don't show up, they just, they'll be fired. They won't get paid anymore. That's it. And so I'm not saying don't care. I'm just saying, figure out what you're going to care about. For me, it, it's just my family. That's it. Like the rest of it, who cares? What difference does it make? Um, so I, I don't want to uh, preach, but I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of uh, just advice and some tips on when you get out, you know, go look for a job that you want to do. And the first job that you get, that doesn't have to be your dream job. You know, everybody says, you know, well, find out what you want to do. That That's it's a little difficult, you know, because you were brainwashed for however many years. And now for the first time, you're, you're able to go do whatever you want to do. Um, so it takes a look like I have this I'm working where I'm at and. I get paid well and I enjoy what I do and I enjoy where I work, but it's still with the military. And I know I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. Uh, so I'm looking for another job and that's okay. That's perfectly fine. And so when you get out, if you find a job, um, just know that you can move on. And, you know, I hear a lot of people talking about, well, the hiring managers or the recruiters, you know, they're not giving me a chance. And well, then maybe you should try applying somewhere else. Try applying to more jobs. Um, Cause I'm still applying to jobs and I'm still getting rejection letters. Like, Hey, thanks for applying, but you're not what we're looking for. Okay. Okay. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And just, you have to put yourself out there. You're going to get a lot of no's, but how many yeses do you need? One, two, that's about it. Um, so that's all I have for today um, because I have quite a bit of work to do. Um, just so you know, today I went for a, a three-mile run. It was short because I had to uh, have a paper after after you complete. It's due tomorrow, um, but I ran at I ran at, at 21 minutes flat. And for me, that's exceptional. I haven't run at that pace for three miles uh, in quite some time. Um, I was able to do 14, uh, two miles at 14 minutes uh, a few years ago. But to hold that pace for three miles is incredible. And I, I'm at the point where I can run six miles at a seven minute and 15 second pace. Um, part of that is because I don't have to worry about the nonsense of the military anymore. So if you're in the military and you're contemplating about getting out, I recommend get out. Um, I hear a lot of people that say, if you're not sure you know what you, what you do, or if you're not sure about this or that, then you should just stay in. 
Uh, in my opinion, that's coward's way. Uh, that's stupid, and it's a coward's way. And people that say, hey, you know, I'm going to stay in until, you know, I'm with E8, so I'm going to stay in until 26 years so I can maximize my insurance. Just say, hey, I don't know what I want to do, and I don't want to have to put in an effort to find a job. It's okay. Whatever your reason, it's fine. You don't have to justify it to anybody. Um, but just don't come up with these bullshit reasons that, well, oh, I love it because I don't know anybody who's ever loved the military for 26 years, every day for 26 years. Those people just don't exist. And whoever tells you that, they're goddamn liars. Okay. <laughs> so I don't mean to uh, preach or make anybody feel bad, but just be honest with yourself, man. If you, if you, are afraid that you won't be able to find a job. So that's why you're staying in. And that's perfectly fine. Um, my thing is I have not been, my health has improved dramatically since I retired. And so there are more positives than there are negatives. So get out, get out, be happy and just get out. And with that, you know, I just want to give some shout outs uh, to the Crimson Tide. You know, I want to always want to give a shout out to the Crimson Tide, uh, the men's basketball team. They're doing extremely well this year. So I want to uh, just say give them a shout out. And of course, I want to give a shout out to my daughter, Ashley, who's out there uh, in Alabama. She's killing it, right? She's a lot smarter than I am and she's a lot more dedicated to doing stuff. Than I am. So I'm very proud of her. And I know um, I'm hoping that she'll uh, apply to Duke for their MBA program. She's looking at uh, Cornell, Penn, and Northwestern right now. Um, I don't know for what programs, uh, but she's looking at those three schools. Those are all pretty far away. So we'll, we'll see. I'm hoping she'll come back home. Um, not too close so we don't bother her, but you know, close enough so maybe we can see her every once in a while. So, Ashley, just know that your dad loves you. I'm very proud of you. All right, so until next time, just remember you guys are special. You have something that makes you unique, all right? Just identify what that is and maximize it, and, all right? you'll when you, Once you get out, once you leave, you'll be successful, all right? And whatever it is, you'll be successful. All right, so we'll talk to you later. Zot, 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 and roll tide.